0: The Rod and Staff Podcast comes out of the host's passion for Christ and his church. It exists to encourage a deeper engagement with issues that pertain to doctrine and life. Check us out at rodandstaff.org.
1: Welcome to this episode of the Rod and Staff Podcast. This is a special episode that we recorded with our friends Matt Rosenblum, and Onig Sayadian from the Back to the Reformation podcast. We hope you enjoy the episode.
2: All right. Well, welcome to the episode. In today's episode, we're going to talk about covenant theology as it relates to Christmas. And of course, I'm here with my co-host, Onig Sayadian, and we have some special guests. And Onig, who are our guests today?
3: Our guests are uh, Roger Byramian and... Jason Matosian. Uh, These two gentlemen are from uh, soon to be uh, no more uh, Mount Arad (laughs) Bible Church. Uh, And uh, 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 Roger is an elder. Jason is uh, the uh, teaching pastor. And how you guys doing?
0: Good. It's good to be here with you guys. You too. And
2: can you please pronounce your church correctly, Onig?
3: uh can we mention it now is that okay
0: yeah go for it yeah, okay, why not uh
3: well the the name of the new church we're uh adopting a church in the uh la area and the name of the new church is the mount bible church yeah and uh, are we going to say of Winnetka, or we're not going to say of no
1: no no okay not we, won't, we
0: won't we don't have to say it but if you want to say it to someone who lives near there you're welcome to Okay, so it's in Winesca. (laughs) in Winesca, yeah. (laughs) Yep.
2: Praise God. Congratulations, guys.
0: Thanks, yeah. The the Lord has uh, given us uh, many gifts, uh, this being one of them. Uh, We're just really pleased, excited, and just in time for Christmas, but we won't start until after Christmas. So uh, we'll start in mid-January together, uh, uh, moving forward.
2: Yeah. Uh, real quick, Jason, for those who don't know about your podcast, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about your podcast and the church? Cause you guys are a 1689 Baptist church. So why don't you tell the
1: audience? Roger, why you you want to talk about the,
0: bit? you want to talk about the podcast?
1: Sure. So we have a podcast that we, uh, record every other week and we release a new episode. We talk about things of the Christian life and, how it connects to theology, um, talk about counseling issues, and we also go through the 1689 uh, London Baptist Confession of Faith. We've been walking through that uh, chapter by chapter, or however you pronounce uh, the sections that we keep going back and forth in. Uh, But yeah, we talk about uh, a lot of different issues uh, uh, that pertain to our our lives in Christ and have been doing that for a couple of years now since the pandemic uh, started. Excellent. And yeah, so for those yours? that are
0: listening uh, to this on our podcast, uh, why don't you guys tell us about your podcast, yeah. Matt and uh, Onig?
2: Go ahead, Matt. Yeah. Well, anyway, Back to the Reformation is a podcast that we thought up about, uh, what, three years ago now? And Onik and I wanted to do a podcast where we interview theologians and pastors in uh, certain specialties. And The reason why we wanted to do this because we wanted to ask the questions that most people would want to ask themselves. Um, so I am a lay person myself who is interested in theology, apologetics, philosophy, etc. Um, Onegas as well, and uh, since we are not teachers um, or pastors, Um, even though we're interested in the fields, we wanted to interview the experts because we're not the experts, even though we do have knowledge as Christians, of course, and we have an interest in studying privately, but that's why we really don't teach on our show either. This is kind of almost a one-off with you guys discussing topics because we're not pastors.
0: I like how you guys have us on for discussions uh, because we're not really experts. It's good. You know, we're, we're with you. We we get to have good conversations with you.
2: But but Jason, you are Dr. Matosian. You do have a PhD. And Roger, you do have a demon. So you guys are experts.
0: He he has demons, many of them.
1: Uh, good. <laughs> that is true. And you have perfected the fate, so that's why we bring you on to help us to understand how to live in that perfection.
3: Amen. nice, <laughs> nice. So we, we can blame you guys if you uh, if anything is taught incorrectly so <laughs> hey can't you edit those things out come on oh no yeah, right no i'm gonna get back at you guys for not editing out me.
0: <laughs> maybe we'll just slip that in
1: again somewhere in this podcast episode <laughs> yeah. all right I'm before right, i'm we-
2: waiting for a slip up <laughs> All right, before we get out of hand here, let's talk about our topic. So today we're going to talk about Christmas or covenant theology as it relates to Christmas. Well, a lot of people just think of Christmas and Reformed theology as two separate things, right? But actually, they're very integral. They're very important as how they relate to one another. Um, So why don't we get started? A topic that we should discuss first off would be the covenant of redemption. As it relates to Christmas so the eternal covenant or the covenant of redemption would be the eternal covenant between the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit right and or the pactum salutis so Jason why don't you lead us off and talk about how the pactum relates to Christmas
0: well that's a a good question one that you you got me thinking about when you sent the The text saying hey let's talk about this um and so i mean really if you think about i i I was recently preaching on psalm 110 and uh i was thinking about for instance verse 4 of psalm 110 which is quoted regularly in the new testament uh and the idea i'm quickly turning there where we have this language the lord has sworn and will not change his mind, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And verse 1 of that same psalm, we see the distinction between the Lord Yahweh and who he's speaking to, this my Adonai, David's Adonai. Uh, and, And you really have this picture of something that happened in eternity past, that between the father and the, and the son uh, that led to the work that Christ would come to do. Uh, There's this, uh, it it can't be in time that we're talking about because there's something, uh, you know, eternal going on there where the Lord is saying to Adonai. And then of course he, he talks about the, you know, you're a priest forever. Well, Christ had not yet been born. Um, but it was in the incarnation that this is fulfilled. And so I think if you look at Psalm 110, you've got some sense of the the pactum, some sense of the covenant of redemption there, uh, looking forward to the priestly work that Christ would accomplish, and he'd have to be incarnated for that purpose.
2: Amen. Absolutely.
0: I think Psalm 2, by the way, does something similar um, uh, where you've got the language of decree in Psalm two, uh, in verse seven, I will tell of the decree, the Lord said to me, you are my son, today I have begotten you. Well, that that decree is in eternity past, even though in Christ's earthly life, we at the baptism, for instance, uh, we see him, that that language being spoken to him, where there's this revealing of something that was already eternal, uh taking place there so it's kind of neat looking through the psalms uh and and seeing the language of the the covenant there
2: yes i mean it also relates to the prophecies that we see in the old covenant as well like isaiah 7 14 behold the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and his name shall be called emmanuel god with us mm-hmm. amen this was all planned in the eternal covenant before and everything else from eternity past and all the way to the incarnation and it's a beautiful thing i mean even the act of obedience of christ relates to that i why don't you talk about the act of obedience of christ and how it relates to um christmas
3: uh well in christ's act of obedience uh, we're referring to his uh fulfilling of the law uh in every aspect Right, And it even comes down to his uh, we were just talking about earlier his incarnation, his incarnation being uh, born through the line of David and uh, fulfilling um, all the uh, prophecies um, speaking of uh, the Messiah being born through the line of David and so on. In addition to that, uh, being born um, in the likeness of in our in our very likeness, so that he can be a, a perfect representative. Um, so, and on top of that, uh, uh, earning his place as the one who has fulfilled all parts of the law uh, in regards to um, uh, the mosaic and so on, and uh, and so that he can be uh, the perfect. Uh, substitute representative for mankind in regards to uh, um, not only an atoning sacrifice, but providing a, uh, a proper, a, a perfect righteousness to those who trust in him. You know, Amen.
0: Galatians, Galatians four has the, the language there, right? Uh, verse four and five, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son born of woman as Onig was pointing out, human like us, like his brothers and sisters, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons, and uh, born under the law so that he might fulfill the law, so he might live out uh, that righteousness that the law required that we could not uh, on our own in Adam uh, accomplish. So, yeah, the the active righteousness of Christ is. A major element of why the incarnation,
3: yeah, amen. I mean, the incarnation is not just one way He could have done it, but the only way that He could have done it to amen. save us. Yeah, amen,
0: amen.
2: So the perfect law keeper for law breakers.
0: Yeah, amen. Which is why Paul puts his hope right. He says in in Philippians three, it's not in a righteousness that's his own. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the righteousness that comes from God by faith in in Christ, it's so important to keep that in mind. the The purpose of Christmas is not a cute story of you know, a, an infant being born. That infant had to be born, so that he could grow up and live, uh, and and live perfectly, so that we might uh, be saved.
2: So, what covenant was he fulfilling in his incarnation?
3: The covenant of works. That's uh, right. Through, through the, uh, can I say it? The republication of the mosaic from the mosaic covenant, and there's there's uh, there's debate on that, but uh, that's what, at least what I hold to.
0: I was I was going to say, Matt. Interestingly, I mean, the incarnation could be considered also a fulfillment of the covenant of redemption, as well, absolutely. right? No, absolutely. Absolutely it kind of it all comes together in in the exactly. incarnation i suppose we would be able to say it's an aspect of the covenant of grace <laughs> as well so the incarnation brings it all um uh, together uh in in some ways
2: that's right i mean there there there's a relationship there um the covenant of grace was promised all the way back in genesis 3 15 when yeah. it was when it was discussed that the woman shall crushed the serpents head right or uh, bruised the serpents head now that's known as the proto gospel the the uh, the proto Evangelion or Evangelion however you want to pronounce it mm-hmm. and that's what we see when we come to the Incarnation as Jesus does he is victorious over Satan on the cross right
0: yeah. amen well, you know, I, it just, and, and another thought just came to my mind as we're thinking about the covenant, uh, the incarnation is required for the fulfillment of the Davidic covenant uh, as well as aspects, obviously, of the covenant of grace, but that he might be born in the lineage of David so that a son of David, the greater son of David would reign on that throne forever. And ever. I mean, Christmas is replete <laughs> with these important covenantal images. Uh and w- yeah, we, we need to think about them. Amen. I think
1: that the you know, the go ahead, Roger. Go, go ahead, up. Oh, uh, you know, thinking about even how uh, the confession, the London Baptist confession kind of ties all of it together. Uh mm-hmm. let me read to you when it talks about God's covenant. Uh, it says to cut co- this covenant is revealed in the gospel. It was revealed first of all to Adam in the promise of salvation through the seed of the woman. After that, it was revealed step by step until the full revelation of it was completed in the new Testament. This covenant is based on the eternal covenant transaction between the father and the son concerning the redemption of the elect mm-hmm. only through the grace of this covenant have those, Uh, Saved from among the descendants of fallen, Adam obtained life and blessed immortality. Humanity is now utterly incapable of being accepted by God on the same terms on which Adam was accepted in his state of innocence. Kind of bringing all three of the covenants together and talking about how revealed in the gospel, which is revealed when Christ comes in his incarnation and then his, you know, his perfect life, death and resurrection.
0: So. Amen. Way to go to the confession. I love it, Roger.
3: We
2: we talk about Mary at um, Christmas. We have all the stories of the manger and how Jesus was in a manger, um, you know, with, you know, like in a little bed and everything's all comfortable, and you know. But people don't realize that when he was born actually was in a... Uh, uh, what's called? Uh, how would you? What would you say it is? Uh, but anyway, it's basically where a cow feeds out of. That's what it would be. That he was actually put in that in a, the in the in the manger. But there's another name for it. What is that feeding feeding, feeding
0: trough? Feeding trough.
2: Feeding trough. Yeah. Thanks. Anyway, but the feeding trough, and but it shows the humility, right, of the incarnation about Jesus coming down and dying for his creatures. It's I mean it's it's rather amazing and we you know we again talking about we talk about Mary well the, the the seed right that was promised all the way back in Genesis is right there. We see that seed and that seed lives a perfect life and goes to that cross for sinners and lays down his life for his sheep.
0: Amen. Amen and and I mean think about Think about how that promise just carries forward throughout the scriptures until the fullness of time, as Paul says. Um, and so you've got Abraham and the promised seed, and then you've got the the seed kind of at risk with the the patriarchs, and how many times it's you're uh-huh. going, What's gonna happen here? And how's that? But the Lord has this perfect, glorious plan uh that he's going to accomplish through the seed and the seed being uh, the son of god taken on flesh so yeah and and to make to make christmas uh anything less than the mystery of god's decree kind of revealed is missing something right we're missing out on something really important in christmas amen
1: and one more uh one more thing or one more uh quote to share this is a, from a book talking kind of about the storyline of scripture and 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 bringing it all together and in going from the seed to the work of christ uh i like how he said it makes sense to me what, adam what f- book
2: what book oh, excuse me it's not find it. Baxter, is it <laughs>
1: <laughs> sorry i'll bring that next time for you matt all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh i'll get it for you in a second but let me uh let me just read it and (laughs) then uh you guys can discuss it so adam failed israel flunked but by his grace god preserved them until that son of eve crushed the serpent to free them from sin and death christ prevailed and rose victorious as a righteous one we have eternal life and justification not because we have kept a covenant of works but through the works of another freely given to us by faith. Amen. Probably not Baxter.
2: Amen. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound like yeah. Baxter. <laughs> <laughs> Who was that again, Roger? That so-
1: was uh it was Zach in the Unfolding War uh the Unfolding yeah. Word, uh his mm. his book.
2: Actually, I want to get that one. His his book with Michael Brown is excellent. I would encourage the listening audience to get that.
0: Yeah, great introduction on the covenant. What was it called? Sacred Bond, I think. Is that yeah. the one?
2: That's a fantastic book.
0: Yeah. Very good introduction to covenants. Yeah.
2: Thanks for that, Roger. Yeah, definitely. Um, these are important truths. People think that, you know, we're just talking abstract theology. And no, it's just this is really the, the meat of Christianity.
0: So let's, let's talk a little more here. Uh, is there any other covenantal fulfillment in the incarnation that we see? So we've talked about Genesis and the Protoevangelion. We've talked about uh, the Abrahamic covenant. We've looked at the Davidic covenant. Uh, again, all these under the covenant of grace. We've talked about how it's a fulfillment of the covenant of works that Adam couldn't fulfill, and which is why he had to take on our human flesh um those are all huge so important is there any other angle that we should be thinking about these uh the, the you know christmas and the covenants because in, intriguing uh thought when you texted it to us what, what more is there in this because there's got to be uh even more i think you said this unfolding plan from eternity past which is so comforting uh for the for god's people this is right, not right. an accident. This is not a, um, yeah,
2: right. This is not Plan B for the Lord, right? You know, th- this is not the cleanup time. You know that the Lord, you know, is the eternal janitor who jumps in here when things don't go right.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and Christmas and and uh, Good Friday, and of course Resurrection Day, are really one, right? They don't make sense without the other we need we need this this uh we don't want to separate these holidays too much and would you guys agree with that
2: absolutely that's right they're all interconnected I mean it's great that we have a focus upon the you know the birth of Christ but you know it's not just the birth of Christ it's this whole life it's the life death and resurrection of Jesus Christ that we have redemption
0: now. Matt, we we lost you for a second, so we want to amen what you said, but we're not sure what you said.
2: Okay, so yeah, I could have said something <laughs> heretical, right? Yeah. <laughs> so well, basically, what I said, what I said, and I think you'll have it on the on the recording, is I said I'm not editing this. what I said is, as much as, as important as our focus is on the birth. Of Jesus at this time and how great that is and important we have to remember that our redemption is encompassed in the life death burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ
0: amen yeah absolutely and uh, it's so important to think about cause some people wonder you know why why couldn't why couldn't Christ have been sacrificed at birth have you guys been asked that question
2: that's a good question I mean, first of all, it wasn't the Lord's plan for that to be the case, right? Right. Otherwise, it it would have happened that way. I mean, look at, do you have Herod going after him and family? I mean, you have all these kinds of circumstances that rise up in Scripture. Well, yeah, he could have been killed easily. Yeah.
1: But wouldn't it, you know, if you think about that question, you leave out the actual fulfillment of Christ's life. It's not just he was the perfect baby born. The ultimate sacrifice in his life he's fulfilling what we could not fulfill the works mm-hmm. that we could never do to earn righteousness he earns it for us so you take away the act of obedience of christ in that and you go right from his birth to his death you this the unfolding of the story gets lost then it, it okay. simplifies it to a point mm-hmm. where we're not seeing now how is god's law now fulfilled it isn't
0: yeah mm-hmm. And you 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 see then the importance of all of a sudden this public ministry that takes place after thirty years or so of living on earth, where he takes on the the role of true Israel, right, the the, the true Son of God, when he is sent out to be tempted and defeats, you know, resists the temptation, the tempter. Um, It's so interesting, you know, all righteousness fulfilled. That's why he gets baptized, and then he gets sent out and um you think about why why not just as a child and i I think you're right roger i think there's so much there to the life that christ is to live in our place that would be missed now can i say that we wouldn't he wouldn't have the perfect righteousness as an infant I, i don't think i we can say that but it's there's something maybe at least for us to to be able to know and understand what he's accomplished for us we need his life there's probably more than that I'm, I'm just kind of throwing things out there right now
3: No, yeah i would, I would say he was righteous even as an infant but his mm-hmm. righteousness as a person um wasn't shall i dare say uh enough because he had to represent us with a righteousness that was that fulfilled uh the covenant and the covenant of works and so he had to live a life uh, that fulfilled that covenant. And like you mentioned, Jason, he had to be baptized. He said himself that this is to fulfill all righteousness. And so if he didn't fulfill all righteousness, he wasn't satisfying the covenant and therefore would not uh, would not be able to would not be able to be our substitute and impute his righteousness to us because uh, what righteousness is he imputing? his personal mm. holy righteousness or the one that he worked for uh, on mm-hmm. earth uh, in his human flesh
0: that's that's interesting and i wonder if that that language in um, uh, in parts of the new testament he le- you know le- i think in hebrews he learned obedience obedience right um that that language there is so important for for the, the the covenant of works and active righteousness sake So yeah that that's interesting yeah like
3: like in romans 8 right 8 3 where it says for god has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin he condemned sin in the flesh right in order Mm -hmm. that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk according to the flesh who who walk not according to the flesh excuse me but according mm-hmm. to the spirit so it was done because he had to uh work and attain um and test and show that he is righteous and attain it in the flesh so he can it can be imputed to us as well yeah amen, uh, at amen. least that's my understanding please show me if i'm wrong
0: now you got to bring in a covenant expert to talk through some of this stuff but that's my understanding too <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Amen. Um, It's important to understand, too, that, you know, yes, that Jesus did, um, in a temporal way, submit to the will of the Father um, throughout his life. Now, he doesn't, he is not subordinate now that he is with the Father. And that's important to remember, because that's a current debate that's going on right now, that he's eternally subordinate. But no, he is temporally subordinate subordinate to the father at this time when he is born in a manger and lives his life perfectly so there is that we have to remember that jesus did submit to the will of the father during his earthly ministry
0: well and keep in mind that's only according to his human nature right we want to make sure that's that's clear too
2: right and that's why i'm saying you know the incarnation you know he's fully man
3: fully god Yep. Can we say now, in currently, that Christ is serving as a mediator in an uh, in intercession in heaven for us? Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Matt, when you were talking about his life, uh, his birth, his life, his death, burial, resurrection, I think we should also include his ascension. Yeah, right, which points to his intercession for us.
2: Right. And he had to be fully God, right? And fully man, because the fact is, is we needed the perfect sacrifice. Um, There's no way that he had a perfect righteousness that we could never attain ourselves.
0: Yeah. Now, Matt, uh, I was telling our elders, we're going to try to use truly God and truly man, rather than fully God and fully man. But I'm just, I know what you mean. <laughs> well, you're, I'm
2: just like RC Sproul correcting John MacArthur at that point, right?
3: RC right. <laughs> uh, Sproul, you said verily, man, and verily, God.
0: I oh, did he really? Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but but you are, I I would say that's that might be even better. Truly, God and truly, man. Yes, we don't we we don't want to say a hundred a hundred. We don't want right. to say
0: that. Which which I I would bet we probably not that I'm a betting man, but I I, I would guess that we all have done that many a time. Uh, I know I have. I used to say 100%, 100% and have people right. look at me like, and I've never been good at math, so that works working fine for me. But, um, you know, but, yeah, truly God, truly man. Amen. Whatever it means <laughs> to be God, he is. Whatever it means to be man, he became.
3: Right. I so, guess we're and, trying to be consistent with all the for all the mathematicians, right?
0: That's right. <laughs> yep. Yeah.
2: So when we, when we talk about, um, again, when we talk about covenant theology and we talk about Christmas, um, again, I want to reiterate that these are really practical things that we're talking about, really practical categories. They're not something abstract that some theologian can only understand, but this is something that our listeners could really grasp hold of and really make it meaningful. And this time not only at this time but every time we think about these things in relation to who god is and what he has done for us
0: yeah and maybe matt maybe it would be good um to just quickly recap the the, the three basic covenants so that our listeners would be real clear especially our listeners maybe we we may not have gone into all that uh as in depth i know you guys had leon uh, for a few uh episodes right. where he went in quite a bit of depth so that's correct um, you know but the covenant of redemption this eternal covenant between father and son uh that he would come and accomplish the work that was necessary for his people that his elect might be saved uh and then you've got the covenant of works in the garden with adam and eve with adam particularly that if you obey you live if you disobey you die and uh of course he disobeyed and uh if anyone was then to live if any human was to live uh, there had to be something more and the covenant of grace is uh, the the response in a sense to the fall and it is a the covenant that uh God will graciously save those in Christ uh, by faith because of the work Christ is going to accomplish in our place.
2: Yeah. Most definitely. I guess I, I would, miss anything?
0: Yeah.
3: No, that's great. That's wonderful. Uh, I think I guess we can also uh, maybe on another podcast talk about how all of that is imputed to us through faith. How mm-hmm. do we grasp onto Christ? And what instrument? Obviously, we know that it's by faith alone. Maybe that'd be a great topic for an, another podcast.
0: Yeah, it's by by faithfulness alone. I mean, no, by what, what was that, Onyx? Sorry, I'm sorry, I,
3: I can't hear Jason. I need to kick him out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is for for your listeners who uh got a good dose of that. Uh, I don't know when it was. You guys did a couple months ago. Good episode on on federal vision stuff. Where this this faithfulness concept unfortunately gets brought in rather than as we know by faith alone as the instrument which appropriates the work that Christ alone accomplishes in our place. Amen.
2: Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. It's very important. There's often a confusion of what faith is, a confusion of faith and obedience. Yeah. Faith is the instrumental cause faith is a passive instrument it is not an active instrument we are active in our sanctification there is no doubt god sanctifies us and there are fruits of repentance but they are not the same thing they are not to be confused with faith and um, i think it's we have to constantly be bringing that up to make that a point because there's so much confusion when it comes to that these days um, and it's great to think about Christmas again because of what Christ has done for us that we could never accomplish it on ourselves. We can never obey enough to earn salvation for ourselves. There yeah, is it, no, su- well, there's there's no, no such. There's no such. There's no such thing as initial justification and final salvation.
0: <laughs> look, if that were not the case, I was thinking about this since we're thinking about Christmas. Uh, can this, if we did have some role? in our salvation at all. Could could these words be true from the angel to uh, the shepherds? Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Uh, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. I, I, I think about it. That wouldn't be good news of great joy. Uh, it would be you know, potentially helpful news if I thought that somehow I could uh, merit in any way, you know, through my faithfulness, my own living or or whatever. Uh, But for those of us who know ourselves, the only good news of great joy is that Christ has done it all uh, from A to Z.
2: Yep, absolutely. Praise God. Yeah, again, there's nothing we can do. I mean, there's nothing we can do to earn favor with God. Only by trusting in what his son has done will we have eternal life. That's it.
0: Amen. And that's Christmas, right? That's the message uh, of Christmas in in a nutshell, and it's glorious. So now we can go celebrate, right?
2: (laughs) Exactly. Right.
3: Right. (laughs) We can wear ugly sweatshirts. No, no sweaters. I went, oh, I wore a sweatshirt. <laughs> Disqualified channel. yourself. I think you're I think
2: you're wearing a Star Wars Christmassy shirt, aren't you?
3: Yeah, I, I'm just trying to paganize Christmas as much as possible. Nice. <laughs> that's you good. have
2: you have one of the newer droids on your shirt though, so that doesn't count. It's not yeah, if it's not fair. our if it's not R2. I'm
3: sorry. This is, a, this is a non-canon shirt. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Oh, boy. We have to bring Star Wars into everything, right? I mean, they or I should say they have to bring Star
3: Wars into everything. I think this whole podcast just derailed. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Roger, save us. Say something There's good. No
1: hope. There's no hope for you guys.
0: Sorry. Mm. <laughs> Wasn't A New Hope the one of the episodes in Star Wars? That's right. Oh, the first one. Right. Or the fourth so then- one, actually.
2: So now we're gonna we're we're gonna start giving in analogies of redemptive history and Star Wars, right? Hell,
0: How... no! Only Harry oh. Potter analogies work well. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
2: I'm
3: just kidding. <laughs> the Lord of the Rings analogies.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah, there is some there. That's for sure. No doubt about it. We can avoid the Catholicism, but everything else, you know. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, beautiful guys. I think mean, this was an interesting topic to talk about, and I think it's an important topic. And you know that's not something that basically people should shy away from because there is a connection here. There's a connection with covenant theology, which I think is just biblical, um, that relates to every type of uh, holiday that we're celebrating in relation to the Christian faith. Whether it's whether it's Resurrection Sunday, Easter, or whether it's Christmas, um, you know, on and on. Amen. So anyway, you guys, uh, why don't we wrap it up now? We're running out of time, unfortunately. Um, Oneg, how can people reach us for Back to the Reformation?
3: Uh, they can reach us uh, by email at info at bttrmi org or backtothereformation at gmail.com. They can go to our website, bttrmin.org org, And we're on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, and so on.
2: Absolutely. Awesome. And actually, where can people listen to us as well? Apple, Google. Oh, I didn't hear you say that. You can edit that
0: out. I didn't hear hear that. I didn't hear that. Okay. Roger, why
2: don't you ask Jason or Jason, why don't you ask Roger? I'll
0: ask Roger. Roger, where can we be reached?
2: We can be reached by email
1: at feedback at rodnstaff.org and if you have any complaints on the episode jason at mount (laughs) and we're also found on all the podcasts we're on apple uh we're on amazon spotify and just search us up and you'll find us and uh, subscribe to the episodes
2: awesome guys well thank you for joining owning me and um vice versa
0: if you enjoyed this episode of the rod and staff podcast Please subscribe and share with others. For more information or to contact the host with questions or comments, please send email correspondence to feedback at rodnstaff.org. That is feedback at rod, the letter N, staff.org.